Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Community Health Global Network podcast. I'm Jake Lloyd and in this podcast I'm exploring what community really means. I want to know why it's important and I want to know how we can all help bring about more of it. To do this, I find people who know significantly more about these things than I do and I invite them to share some of their wisdom with us. For example, last month we heard from Robbins. Now, he is a community leader and part of our network in a town called Caricho in Kenya. And particularly if you're new to the Community Health Global Network, then I would really encourage you to go back and to give that a listen. This month, however, we're venturing outside of our network to a market town in the southwest of England called Froome. Froome is not really an average English town. For a small place, its creative impact has been felt kind of around the world in a number of different ways. For example, the dye for denim jeans was created there. It's the home of the first Singer sewing machine factory. And it is the place the Ordnance Survey maps are printed. And interestingly, currently it is the only town in England that has an independent town council. So this means that no councillor is a member of a political party. And these two things, this history of creativity and this town council that is very supportive of local people taking initiative, these two things have both helped to give rise to all sorts of exciting community projects in the town. One of these projects is something called a library of things. These library of things are starting to pop up all over the world and Froome is home to one of the most established in the UK. Adam Foster-Jones is from the library of things in Froome I spent some time chatting with him a little while ago and when I did, he began by explaining exactly how a library of things works. Well, it's a place where you can borrow and donate items, you can share and learn skills, you can socialise and contribute to the community and to a more efficient and sustainable way of living. We have a whole range of of items that you would normally purchase in your everyday life Mm -hmm. that you can just come and borrow for either for nothing or for, you know, just for a few pounds. So everything from a, a drill to a, a circular saw to a lawnmower to a, a chocolate fountain, you know, to you know, children's toys, buggies. We have just pretty much everything that you can imagine that you could just, that you'd need to just borrow, we have. Has, has anything kind of surprised you? Were there some things people have sort of requested or some people, some things people have donated that are uh, maybe slightly unusual? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> One of the things that surprises a lot of people is that we have quite a few unicycles. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, uh, but the funny thing is they have, they're, they're borrowed quite a lot. I mean, right, people right. just love to sort of come in and see a unicycle hang on the wall and think, you know what, I'd like to have a go. Yeah, okay. Um, we have something that I found out the other day again called an agogo, which is a, a samba musical instrument that originates from West Africa. Mm-hmm. And some of the strange things we've had requests for are sort of vintage juggling clubs where one of our members was trying to recreate a photo from their childhood where they where she and her brother were dressed as clowns with these vintage clubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did you, ha- what, did you have those in stock, vintage juggling clubs? No, no, we just do a shout-out to our, our member base, and it's surprising what people have in their cupboards. Right. Know? It's just, yeah, it's, it's very surprising. So that's Adam describing how it works, and given that it's essentially a shop for sharing things, it probably won't surprise you that they have given their library of things a shorter name, Share Shop. So I went on to ask Adam about the social impact that their share shop is having. It's been quite varied. I mean, it ranges from the sort of really personal impact where we've had people pretty much have 
a wedding from the share shop. So they've hired gazebos and tables and the bunting and lighting and glasses and tea urns and, you know, all the sort of the small things that they would need to have a wedding uh, for pretty much, you know, next to nothing compared Mm -hmm. to if they're hiring it through a catering company. You know, we've had people borrow tents and camping equipment and head off on like great adventures. And then also less kind of like material sort of things. We've also been a great outlet for people who are clearing out sort of deceased parents' homes and, and sheds. And, you know, they've been really happy to you know, donate tools and equipment to the share shop, knowing that these items will continue to be used by many people in the community. Mm. And we also have sort of the unmeasured aspects of the shop in that we run community boards for sharing skills. You know, so the share shop has become a real social hub with like coffee meetings and workshops like the repair cafe that we run and are you seeing so speaking of um the spectrum of people who are using using share is it quite varied age-wise um and gender as well or the, the data that we have is that the demographics of who uses share shop is is quite varied in that it's mostly older people which is one of the issues that we're going to try and address as we move forward right and so we have lots of people on low income uh-huh. who benefit from having access to you know, all of these items for very little money. Um, with low-income people, we, they, they don't have to pay a donation. They can access most of the items in the share shop for free. And then some of the higher-value you know, higher items is just a, a small amount of money. And then on the other end, we have users of the share shop that are in the more of the sort of, of wealthy demographic, mm. but then have more of a sort of their idea is that they don't need to borrow as such, but they do it because they enjoy the you know, the social aspects yeah. of supporting yeah. share and the, you know, the economics aspects of, you know, less borrowing, less consumerism. Yeah. Do you use it yourself, Adam? Yeah, I do, actually. What, um, what was the last thing, thing I, you borrowed? A slide scanner. My mum gave me all of these slides that she had from her travels in the sort of the, the 60s uh-huh. and said, like, you know, I'd, I'd like to get these scanned as my Christmas present, hint, hint. <laughs> right. And... Um, I think uh, so. I started googling and um, saying, "Okay, there's slide scanning places. They, you know, they charge you all this money. You send off your slides, and they scan them all, and it costs you like a fortune." Mm-hmm. And I was in the share shop, and on the shelf there was a slide scan. I thought, "Fantastic!" And it cost me three pounds. So there's Adam explaining a little about the different ways that both individuals and the community are benefiting from the existence of this shop. And so I wondered what the future is for this share shop. I think the thing for us is that we want to try and reach out to as many new members as we can. Um, we want to try and get as many young people on board mm. uh, and try and sort of cultivate a culture of borrowing as opposed to, you know, consumerism. Not that there's anything wrong with consumerism and such, but it's that thing that if you don't need anything long term, mm-hmm. it makes sense to borrow it. So yep. if we can sort of cultivate this idea of if you just need a drill to put up a couple of shelves, just borrow one, you know, it might cost you three pounds for a week, but that's all you need it for. So we want to really do reach out, we reach out and to the younger people and start getting them into this culture of borrowing and sharing skills and learning as well, because we have so many fantastic people that contribute to the share shop. You know, we have, you know, masters of engineering that come in and you know, run our repair cafes. We have, mm. Uh, amazing sort of carpenters, electricians, you know, real craftsmen that is, are there to, to share skills. So we really want to sort of get that out there and, and share skills. Mm. We also want to reach out 
to be and who want to start their own library of things you know and we want to create a sharing network so we're working with people in london mm-hmm. and you know and eventually people throughout the uk and we want to support people to start their own library of things and we want to create this open source network where we can share all of the data that we have all of the ideas the things that we've tried the things that have worked the things that haven't worked and just say like you know this is this is what you can do in your community and i just push it mm. you know, just really just drive drive this idea you know across you know as much of the uk as we can especially now we're sort of moving into uncertain times in terms of government local government finances possibility of austerity cutbacks lack of european funding into you know to many of the sort of social projects that you know that we have running mm-hmm. now it's a really important time for us as communities to you know to, to work together and support each other and, and do what we can to, to minimize the you know the risks that that we have in our lives and that's really my kind of vision for for what you know the li- a library of things can can do adam there telling you about some of the future plans for the share shop and it's interesting that adam has come from a very different world he previously worked in finance in both london and then in new york and chose to leave this in order to live a very different life in community development in Froome. and so at the end of the interview i asked him if anything had surprised him in his move from city finance to community development and this is what he had to say the thing that surprised me the most is the willingness of of people to to get involved and to help to no benefit to themselves mm. there's um i lived in new york for nine years and i remember sitting in a taxi cab and listening to a quote the measure of a person is how much they will do for someone who could do nothing for them mm. and Froome kind of it, it just reminds me of that quote because there are so many people here and you know, with the people I've been speaking with in, in London and, and elsewhere, mm-hmm. is that they will do so much to help people that can do nothing for them. Yeah. And and to me that that's amazing. And that's what I can really get behind. And that's why, you know, I you know, I you know, that's why I really enjoy what I'm doing is because there are so many great people who who just want to, to really make a difference. And to me that's really inspiring and that's why you know, you know, I, I really I'm happy to to be involved with these projects and just do everything I can to to take them forward. So that was Adam Foster Jones from the Share Shop, which is a library of things in the southwest of England. And that's it for this month's podcast. If you have any feedback, then please do email me at jake.lloyd at chgn.org. I'd love to hear from you whether that feedback is good or bad. Please do get in touch. Next month, we're going from the southwest of England to Sierra Leone, where you will hear two members of our network describe their experience of the country's civil war and Ebola crisis, and specifically how Christian-Muslim community relations helped to bring about an end to both of those crises. It's going to be a fascinating listen. Do stay tuned for that. Bye for now. Bye for now.